Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. I'm at the Novacare Complex. First of all, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Hope you're all healthy and happy and very much enjoying this Eagles 9-1 record. Best in the NFL. Uh, sometimes the wins are blowouts. Sometimes they're comebacks. They all count the same. It's a beautiful, beautiful start to the season, 9-1, with another primetime game on Sunday night. It's very festive here in South Philly. The Eagles announcing earlier this week that they will wear the all-black head-to-toe for the first-time uniforms. All-black jerseys, of course, we've seen them before. This time around, they'll be accompanied by the all-black helmets, and they are so boss. It's going to look great on national television under the lights. The first of three games in which the Eagles will wear these black helmets and jerseys. Very, very cool. As far as what we've got in store for you on this Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group, we've got great, great stuff for you. In just a bit, I'll be joined by Mike Spofford, Packers.com senior writer. What in the world is going on? with the Green Bay Packers. I mean, really, four and seven with that team? They beat the Cowboys, then they lose to the Titans. They come into Philadelphia with a nice long rest after that Thursday night loss to Tennessee. So we'll see maybe the last time Aaron Rodgers in Philadelphia. Hmm. We're gonna hear from one of the Hall of Famers going into the class of 22 Eagles Hall of Fame, which is just filled with pageantry. Uh, on, at halftime on Sunday night, Trent Cole, Hugh Douglas will be inducted into the Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Fame. They are the class of 2022. And we'll hear from Hugh Douglas, one of my favorite guys, in just a bit. And he really kind of gave birth to Trent Cole in a way. They're very similar players. Always entertaining, Hugh Douglas. Nick Sirianni for his weekly one-on-one, stops by and answers some provocative questions, if I do say so myself. But let's begin on the defensive line, where the Eagles have made some very significant changes, adding Linval Joseph, adding Ndamukong to a group that includes future Hall of Famer Fletcher Cox, second-year man Milton Williams, and how about the Gravedigger, Devon Hargrave has been outstanding this season. Battled a bit of a turf toe early in the summer and then early into the regular season, but he's been on fire lately. And you know I like to break it down and just talk about a whole lot of things. So let's begin our Eagles Insider Podcast right here, right now, with Eagles defensive tackle Javon Hargrave. We welcome into our Eagles Insider Podcast studio the great Javon Hargrave. Happy Thanksgiving to you, my man. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Are you a turkey guy? Nah, I don't really. I don't what is it? What is a great? What like? What, I'm talking to a, a defensive tackle here. What is a great like sit down and have meal for you? What do you enjoy at the dinner table? Fried chicken, uh, macaroni, uh, sweet potatoes, cornbread, and probably some stuffing. Okay. Um, it sounds very southern to me. Is it, did you, <laughs> yeah, from North did, Carolina. Was, was, right. uh-huh. was, was it was it a very southern kitchen in your household when you grew up? 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, my grandpa, um, growing up, my grandpa, he had his own farm. So honestly, I think it's giving you have everything. It's just really what you what you like because we gonna have everything at the table. You gonna have the turkey, the <laughs> chitlins, the the stuff and the dressing. It just depends on what you like. And then the nap afterward, I assume. Oh yeah, you sleep, then you get the second plate. You go <laughs> eat again, and you hey, good. Were you were, so your grandfather worked on a farm? Were you? Uh, did you learn the farmer's world, the farmer's life? I, as a kid? I, I hated it. Uh, what is so it like? I, I mean, I'm a city boy, so I don't. I have no idea. I mean, you used to, one you used to go out there. Um, we don't believe in killing those snakes because they want the snakes to kill all the. Other things around, um, like what? What are snakes killing? That they're, they're killing like the, the, the rats cre- and stuff, the mouses and rats, okay. the mice and rats. Uh, and when I, me, I ain't really do too much because I, I, uh, I used to go back to my mama's house because I ain't want to be old all the time. But I used to have to clean the horse horse pasture and pick up the hay, try to uh, get the hay barrels, uh, water the cows. Um, but nah, I really, I kind of try to stay away from it. Don't reach across the table and sneak me, but were you a mama's boy? You were running back? Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was. But, nah, because I, I, I got my hands dirty, but, you know, like I said, my papa used to have us working at, like, yeah. six years old or seven years old on that farm. So That's very cool. I mean, yeah. it certainly teaches you how to appreciate, A, you you eat what you grow, right? Like, there's yeah, no... there's that no, was real. <laughs> It's, it's real, real right? Like if you don't thing. grow it, you ain't eating. And then number two, hard work. And so is that kind of part of your DNA, Javon? That that's that's how you grew up understanding what hard work is all about. I like to say that, but uh, at the time he used to call me lazy because I didn't want to <laughs> go out there. <laughs> but yeah, I think that uh, that that kind of um, developed me into what I do now. Um, just all about hard work and uh, putting the work in. Is he still with us? Your nah, friend? he uh, he had passed. Um, last year, yeah, so he but he he was able to see that you obviously were not lazy. You were just blessed in other things. That's so cool that he he got to see you know his grandson grow up to be a professional football player. Yeah, he he that was his thing too. He said it's lucky I'm good at football <laughs> because I'm I'm lazy at anything hey, else. You are very good at football. Um, why are you so good at football? I think you like you said it's just more so the work. Um, I'm dedicated to it. I uh, put the work in and. I mean, I've just been blessed to uh, be able to play at this high level. What extraordinary athletic skills do you have? Because, I mean, there's a lot of guys who work hard. But what, what like in the world of, of the NFL, like what are you specifically really um, um, special in athletically? Uh, I like to say I'll uh, get off, get off king, um, explosive. Um, for, uh, my first step is is up there with every, anybody first step. And I know how to use my hands real good. When you were um, not, when you're not playing football, like if you were in a, in a, in a, I've always dreamed of this, like having the best athletes in the world compete in an Olympics with like really non-traditional sports. Like, so for example, would you be really good in gymnastics? When you were a kid, were you really good? Even though you're a gigantic guy, were you really good in gymnastics because you're so explosive? Yeah, I'm real flexible. So I would say probably back then I could do. Yeah, as a kid, I probably could. I could do gymnastics. I could compete in gymnastics. And you're a swimmer. In your bio, it says you're really good at swimming. Oh yeah, I'm great at swimming. Where was your swimming pool in the in, in the farm? Was there a watering hole? Nah, there? we didn't have swimming pools, but you know, it's the community pools. Uh, I took swimming lessons as a kid growing up. Um, my aunt put me in swimming lessons when I was like, I want to say five. So that that kind of improved my swimming. Quick. That's something I need to do. I, I panic in the water. I I don't get the breathing. It just scares. I'm. 
I'm, I admit, I'm kind of scared of the water. I, nah, I die. I jump in. Really? Just deep. I like the deep, deep pools. What, does it ever, um, did you ever have like a dream of like cliff diving or any crazy stuff like that? No, no, I ain't. I Never? Ain't, nah, I'm not, not doing your bucket that. List? Nah, I'm looking at your bio. There's really not a bucket list. You're good at golf. Uh, oh, or no, your, desi- your desire talent is good in golf. Is golf. Yeah, no way. And basketball you're good at. Oh, yeah. I was a man in basketball. Um, Javon, it's interesting. The the, the runs that, that players get on, you know, um, sometimes you'll get a lot of sacks and sometimes you won't. You're on this run now. Um, what's it like to be out there when you're on that kind of run? Does your mindset change when you're having so much success on the field? Not Not that you don't have success other times, but when it's like, just so overwhelmed. Like, are you going out there going, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna dominate right now? Now you you kind of get in a little zone, but uh, more so you just try to uh, stay with your technique, um, just using my hands and not trying to force the play too much and let the play still come to me. And sometimes it it be it be luck, it be skill, it be a little luck, and mm-hmm. it just work out work out good for me. Are you? It, how many moves do you have? I probably I got about a good three or three three good ones. Okay, so if three I'm an offensive ones, if I'm an offensive lineman studying you, I'm going all right. I've got three or four moves that I've got to worry about with with you. So it, so like I'm trying to figure out how do you win? You win by figuring out his weaknesses. You say how do I win? How do you? Yeah, win? Yeah, I, I I look at more so what you what you good at uh, or like some of the things you don't struggle at, and then can I put it in my game? Um, so. I'm just during the week. I'm just looking at some things you done lost. You done lost a couple times to, or lost multiple times to, and that's something. If even if it's like lining up in a certain technique or being able to do that same move um, because you're not comfortable with it, and or learning like which you don't like. If do you like quick? Are you do do you not pick up on um, people moving quick, or are you a strong person, or? What kind of player you are? Are you gonna jump set me? It's just, just. But don't a lot I know? But, but don't I know that that's how you're gonna attack me? Yeah, I mean, you do. <laughs> At the end of the day, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you 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 really know. Uh, I think all players only got a few moves, so you really know what's happening. But it's kind of hard to get ready for it during the game. Do you have the greatest respect for the guy you're going against during the course of the game? Yeah, I learned that uh, early in the NFL. Just, what was uh, in a particular moment that you You know, that? you just, uh, when um, back about my rookie or second year, it's just, you know, sometimes the coaches can tell you how bad a person is, uh, but they ain't bad until you play. You make, them, you make them bad. So I guess I was going up against a guy um, back in my rookie. I can't remember who we was playing. But we were just talking about how bad he was, and he kind of got after him. He was he was a whole another person on Sunday, and from then on, it's just like nah, everybody. That's all pro. Yeah, you can never go in. Can the other guy's bad? Nah, because uh-uh, it's it's a different person on Sunday. Um, the the celebration of um, I kind of just put this together, and maybe I'm wrong. And I was talking with somebody about this, and I forget you told me in the summer, and I forget why you're kicking in the door where it came from, whose idea it was, I forget. And then I looked in your bio and it says, your first job was making and building windows and doors. Is that why we're doing the kick in the door thing? <laughs> nah, I, I give credit where it's due. It was Fletch, it was Fletch. Uh, Fletch, he don't do it much, but he was doing it like in, uh, when he get his TFL sometimes, or he was doing it in practice. And I just started playing around with it in practice when I first got here and, just one time in Green Bay, he told me when I got uh, Aaron Rodgers, 
he told me to do it, and after that, he just it's I just sweet. took out. Yeah, I just, I just it's took unique. It. Nobody, I, it. I I don't do do other. Do you guys rate like other your friends around the league and how they celebrate? Like, will you call somebody up after they what buddy of yours in the league and go, hey, I like the way you celebrated that whatever? Do you guys do that? Nah, there I don't should think, be a rating system. Nah, like Madden, the Madden rating system should include your celebration after a sack. The kick in the door is great. Yeah, that's 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 it's funny though because we we do. Everybody got their little thing. So when you get a sack, everybody running to do their thing, and that's you know when you're young, it's hard to do it because you're just happy to get one sack. Like I, I laugh at Milton now because they just get up and scream when they get <laughs> their sack, but I, I understand it. So. Nah, it's it's fun. It's fun. To do what that. will you do when you score a touchdown? Have mm. you dreamed of this? I scored before, but I didn't do nothing. But just when did yeah. you score a touchdown with us? Nah, oh. back in my early days. You did, what did you do after you scored? Just yeah, <laughs> <laughs> screen. There know. you go. I don't know. I don't know what I do. <laughs> Probably jump in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Javon, look at the, talk football here just for a minute. Like you know the the what's it's we're deep into the season here. Um, this team is playing really good football. What is it like to be on a team that knows it's good, yet knows it's got a lot of work to do? It's kind of like an interesting combination. I mean, it's, it's a great feeling. Um, you know, it's different when you win and you, you kind of come into meetings happy, come to practice happy. Uh, so, nah, it's, 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 a great, it's a great start where we're at right now. But like you said, we know we got a long way to go and other goals to hit. Does it bother you to see young pups go down? Marlon and, and Jordan? Yeah, it do, because I, um, I just know how much work uh, we all put in um, taking care of our bodies or working on our technique. And um, like I said, I hate to see that for both of them. Just, yeah, a lot. Yeah, I just And Derek, to too, it. by the way. Your buddy Derek, um, who we lost him early in the season, which stinks because we all love Derek and the way he brings his tenacity, how hard he works to the game. Uh, Thanksgiving week. Um, I know it's not. There's not a lot of time off for Thanksgiving. Um, but what do you do? Do you guys get together? Do you have a um, any sort of routine that you go through for Thanksgiving? Having a nice meal, giving thanks to the blessings that, that you've been given in your life. Well, you know, you're a, I'm a defensive lineman, so you got to watch that weight. That's <laughs> a big thing. You can't. You got. You got to be good for the for, uh, for about two weeks before Thanksgiving come. Um, but you know. I get um, some some guys go to um, teammates' houses. Um, I get with my family, and like you said, I pray and um, you know saying stuff that we are thankful for. I was actually going to ask you about that. That you can't really go crazy on a big meal on Thursday night, can you? Well, way in Thursday, so, oh. <laughs> so you, you can, but you just got to know though. You don't want to get you don't want to get too crazy because you know you got to play Sunday. Yeah, will you feel it if you eat a big meal Thursday? Will you feel it on Sunday? Nah, I get it out. You'll get it out because we practice Friday. Okay. Get, a, get a little extra cardio in. You'll be good. It'll be, <laughs> be gone. Depends on how much you eat, though. Hey, uh, one of the things that I know you're really passionate about as we wrap it up here, and I'd like you to comment on it because it's 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 um it's gaining more popularity. It's gaining more eyeballs, and Deion Sanders doing a great job at Jackson State, and that's the historically black universities. And um, I know you went to South Carolina State. There's just great people there. There's great football. They're underfunded. Um, why has this been such an important? It's been a big drive for you over the years. Why? What the? Uh, it's just being part of the, just making sure that people understand how, what historically black universities and the schools like South Carolina State and the talent that's coming out of there, whether it's football or science or engineering, why that's such a big deal. 
Yeah, because we uh we get overlooked a lot. Um, so like you say, um, coming to the league, it's like you got a chip on your shoulder to you know represent your school and show that it ain't just going to the big schools. Um, you can go to a smaller school like South Carolina State and still be very successful. Um, like I said, I was having a conversation with my little brother. Um, he going through a little recruiting process, and it's just big to show him like it. It, it really don't matter. Like, you can go to a South Carolina State, Jacksonville State, or Jackson State, or, you know, Bethune-Cookman and still have a chance to uh, live your dreams. Yeah, if, if you're talented, they'll find you. Yeah. What what, do you, what grade is your, your brother in? This is senior year. This is senior year. What kind of schools are you going to go to? Who's recruiting him? Yeah, he got, he got um, A&T, Winston-Salem State, nice. the Fayetteville States. Um, I can't remember. They still coming, but, yeah. What he position? Uh, Officer line. Okay. Yeah, do, he, do you work against him? Do you do you go in the summer? And, yeah, and, he, he be trying to get me. He be trying to do some work against me. Do you, but just, nah, do you destroy? You just destroy him? I don't, I don't power him. Okay. I just got a. Uh, he don't want me to power him, so I just do a little finesse, work right, on just, my hands and right. stuff with him. I mean, is, how much does he weigh? He, nah, he he done lost some weight. He about two eighty though. Oh, so he's not a little guy. Okay. Nah, he ain't small. So you're not bull rushing. <laughs> nah, I ain't gonna bull rush him. That must be a power dinner at the Hargrave dining room table. I mean. How much food do you and your brother plow through when you're sitting there together and you're both really hungry? See, my brother, he in high school, so he he his little he he eat way more than me. Uh, he, <laughs> like I said, I, I'm watching my weight. I gotta you know eat a little bit, but it's he, true he, though because people do think that NFL players all they do is sit there and have these gigantic meals, and you really don't. Nah, you yeah, they don't know the ins and outs. Yeah. <laughs> what, what happens? What do you play? At? What, what weight do you play at? I'm about 307, okay. 310. I don't go over 310. You look good. You're playing good. You're smiling. You're happy. Life is good for Javon Hargrave. I love it. Oh, yeah. We just got to keep winning. I love it. Yeah, keep it up. Be good. Hey, I want to thank you so much for joining us here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. And uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. And uh, keep the good season going, man. Thank you. Keep kicking in the door. Thank you. Happy Thanks so much for joining. All right, Nick Sirianni's got a lot of things cooking in his favor for the Eagles. They're 9-1. and one. Best record in the NFL, a one-game lead over the Minnesota Vikings and a two-game lead in the NFC East over both Dallas and the Giants. Those two teams playing each other on Thanksgiving. And the Vikings also uh, will be in action. So a busy, busy weekend and a very important weekend for the Eagles, whose defense has been fortified with the addition of a couple of veterans. And really, if you look and just step back, has played extremely good football for these first 10 games. And that's where I begin my one-on-one interview with head coach Nick Sirianni. Eagles are wearing all black this weekend, Sunday night when the Green Bay Packers come to town. That's why I'm wearing black. And you're here for our weekly one-on-one with head coach Nick Sirianni and Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Coach, happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. It's a, a festive week. Yeah, yeah, happy Thanksgiving. And let's finish it off with a win against the Packers. Um, I want to start with Jonathan Gannon. Earlier in the week, you promoted him for assistant coach of the year um, a lot of attention paid to it clearly you are proud of the job that he's done what are some of the challenges that he's faced so many new faces and how this defense has performed in 10 games yeah obviously I think yeah, I think the world of Jonathan and and that's why he's here as our defensive coordinator and he just continues to get better um, he doesn't allow bumps in the road to affect his next performance, which is, was on full display this week. And um, I think he's got a great ability to to teach, a great ability to you know connect with all the the guys in his room and all the new guys in his room uh, on defense. And so 
Um, just just show, want to show my support for him, how much I believe in him, and and how good of a game plan him and his staff did. And obviously, the players went out and executed it um, to a T uh, on Sunday. Sticking with the defense, Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue come in three days of practice ish. Then they come in, they, they play well. So, so as you look at that group with Fletch, with Hargrave, with Milton, how does it work kind of moving forward? Yeah, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We don't have to really think about how is anything except for this game, right? And it'll continue to evolve. Things will happen. And, um, you know, just really excited. Whenever you have the depth at a position like that, right, it, it's huge. And we have, we have great depth. I know what we think as an offense when a team doesn't have depth at that position. Let's go. Let's make them play a lot of plays. Make them play as many plays as they possibly can play and, and see if they can – handle Jason and Lane and uh, Jordan and Landon and Isaac leaning on them all game, right? And so when you've got that rotation, you're able to stay fresh. You're able to stay, you're able to stay um, fast and physical. And, and, man, Howie's done a great job of getting great players in here. And it was, it was you know, I always love seeing Fletch and, uh, and uh, Javon coming off the field. Um, but it was pretty sweet seeing two new faces coming off the field, high-fiving them after a big stop, after a good play. Um, and so uh, just really excited about that group. Man, it's crazy because we were really excited about that group coming into the season. We've lost two guys from that group, and now we're still really excited. Like, Howie's done a great job of, of just adding talent, uh, great professionals into that room. On the offensive side, Nick, Jalen Hurts has to come back win in Indianapolis. And I wonder, like, when you're evaluating – the growth of a quarterback. Where is that category, that comeback in the fourth quarter win category? How important is that to you? Yeah, it's huge. Again, it goes into all the character things that you think about with a quarterback. And and I've said this a couple times this week when, when asked about Jalen is it's very noticeable when people talk about Jalen. The first things be, that you talk about Jalen, because it's the things that stick out most about Jalen, are his leadership qualities, his work ethic, his, his demeanor, uh, no matter what the situation is in the game. Those, those tend to be the things you, you say first about Jalen because they're so special. The, the qualities he has there are so special, right? And then you get into his ability to throw and read defenses and run the, run the football and things like that. And so... And, and and it feels like that's a two years worth of what do you think of Jalen? Boom! You, you talk about his demeanor in big time scenarios, and so it didn't surprise any of us. It's huge, um, and that's but that's who he is as a person and as a player. He has this great ability, which you know, a great ability to be able to be in the moment and not think about not think about the, the, the magnitude of the moment, but think about just what do I need to do to be successful at this point, at this time, block everything else out. And that's a great quality to have in your leader. It's interesting. Aaron Rodgers comes to town. Jalen Hurts is on the other sideline. And they seem to play the game a bit differently. I mean, I know Aaron has had some success in the past running the football. There's a lot of different ways to play the position, right? I mean, you're the expert. What are the characteristics that you really boiled down to what you need to see from a great quarterback yeah I mean I think those are those intangible things that Jalen has is obviously so important and then as far as as far as on the field it's always about making good decisions with the football in a timely fashion delivering the ball accurately to the receiver after you've made the right decision and being able to create um, being able to create and then um, you know in Jalen's case and in uh, 
and in, in Aaron's case, it's you, you, you got to play in some elements. So you're going to have to have the arm strength enough to be able to pierce the wind, to, to cut it through the cold and do all those different things. Um, and so those are the, the three main things. And then depending on where you, where you play football, at, it's that arm strength. Halftime for the first eight weeks, it was great. Big lead for the Eagles, let's go. Last two games, you've trailed at halftime. And I, it just, take me behind the curtain. Fans always, like, are you standing on a, on a pulpit or pounding Newt Rockney speeches? Like, what happens in the locker room? It's such a short period of time. What's Nick Sirianni doing? The message that we believe is important for the team has been delivered all week, right? You have a theme of the week of what you, what you think is important to win that game, and that message is talked about all week. So, you know, all that you have to do there's no new Rockney speech, right? There's no perfect speech that's going to get right get anybody to do anything different, really. But it, it, sometimes it is just a keyword from a message that you had all week that snaps them back into what you think might be important. But make no mistake about it, the most things that you're doing are you're talking about that next series that you're going to have. You have an extended amount of time to to talk about that next series. You're talking about you know any any new wrinkles or new adjustments or anything you want to do you're you're you need to adjust in this game throughout the game right um you need to adjust in the nfl throughout the game and so there shouldn't be a lot to discuss there in halftime but a lot of that time is with the position coaches talking to their positions about what to expect this next series and the coordinators and myself you know talking about the next group of of plays to be run and and so it's a short it's short right and it's not like college football and it's not like um you know, this what the championship games I think are longer because they have the halftime shows and stuff like that. So it's a short amount of time and it goes by really fast um, because you got to get back out in the field. But it is, you know, as far as the big speeches, that's 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 not what it's like, and it's not like what it's like before a game because you know your big speeches come the night before where you're trying to remind them of the of the the, the things that are important for that week. So it might just be a couple words here and there to you know to just let them think about, you know, what, what's important to us, right? Dog mentality, uh, you know, next play, uh, whatever it is, um, physical, uh, physicality, right? A- anything like that. Nobody's breaking a blackboard. That doesn't happen ever in your life? You've never seen? I'm not saying that hasn't happened. <laughs> that has definitely happened. Has it happened this year? It has not happened this year. But has that happened to me in my career? I, I, uh, me not answering allows you to understand that that maybe it has. And <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Fletcher Cox plays in game 167 as a Philadelphia Eagle, eighth all-time passing legends. I mean, to, for you as a young coach to come into a locker room with leaders, veterans, experienced players like that, how much has that meant to you? Yeah, huge. Uh, I, I always said this, like, my first year last year and obviously into my second year um, as, as a uh, NFL head coach, uh, I wasn't like other first-year head coaches in the sense of this. I had a very experienced general manager um, that was able to help me navigate through things. And then on top of that, I have four guys in Brandon Graham and Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and Fletcher Cox that are plus 10-year guys at offense and defense line who know what it's like to win, the, win it all and who have great leadership abilities um, to lead. And so how fortunate am I with those four guys? And Fletch is obviously um, is, is huge to that. And, uh, you know, that, that really is, has helped me. I really have cherished that. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate you asking a question because it gives me to brag on those guys because I love those guys. And not only are they great players, they're great leaders, they're great people. Um, 
And so I'm, I'm 167 games. That's pretty darn impressive. And uh, Fletch has done a great job this year of you know you know controlling uh, his guy on the line of scrimmage consistently. And and so uh, that's pretty special that, he, that that's how many you know how many games he's had. And that's a that's a heck of a lot of games. Uh, um, man, that's that's awesome. And hopefully, coach. Uh- Pro Football Hall of Fame call will be coming in the future for Fletcher Cox. But right now we're focused on the Green Bay Packers Sunday night. They come to town and we're excited about that. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Coach. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. Thanks for joining everyone. Our weekly one-on-one with head coach Nick Sirianni. Aaron Rodgers, 19 touchdown passes, 7 interceptions. He's got a hot shot rookie. As you heard, Christian Watson, tough, tough player, right? Great, just excellent player. Five touchdown catches in his last two games. Explosive offense, a lot of big names on defense. So why in the world are the Packers four and seven? And what is this team all about? Let's hear from the Packers themselves. From Packers.com senior writer Mike Spofford, it's our first look at the visiting Green Bay Packers. Mike, thanks so much for joining me here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Um, I think from the outside, I guess the way I would characterize my view of the Packers is I've been trying to put a finger on this team all season and I I haven't been able to figure out what they are um, because it's been so up and down. You know, we watch Sunday and you beat the Cowboys and then on Thursday night you come back in a tough one against Tennessee. It's been that kind of season. Like how, how has it gone for you internally? Like what, what is this Green Bay Packers team all about? Yeah. I mean, that's been, that's been kind of the big mystery. I think, um, you know, on the offensive side of the ball for, you know, the first half of the season, there were just uh, all sorts of, I guess you'd say, lack of continuity just in terms of receivers being injured and in and out of the lineup and the offensive line trying to get, you know, its two best players, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, back from from ACL injuries, um, you know, from previously. And, and, you know, they were in and out of the lineup a little bit. So it was really hard for the offense to... Uh, to develop any continuity and they ran into some games where uh, where defenses you know kind of loaded up to stop AJ Dillon and and Aaron Jones the the two running backs and and the Packers just weren't able to be effective enough um you know then on top of that you throw in you know Aaron uh, Rodgers injuring his thumb on the the final Hail Mary play in London against the Giants and and he's even admitted you know we're 6 weeks beyond um, when that thumb got hurt, and uh, and basically he says it doesn't really feel any better. Every game something happens to it, either on a under center snap or hitting somebody's helmet or shoulder pad or something that sends the thumb injury kind of back to square one. So, um, so that's been a lot of the story on on the offensive side of the ball. Um, defensively, it's uh, it's it's just been a, a season of fits and starts. Um, this this defense has had stretches where it plays really good football and then but for whatever reason the vast majority of games this year just about every game includes a stretch of sometimes it's three or maybe four one get one game maybe two games it was even five possessions i think where there were that many consecutive scores by by the other team um and uh so it's just it's so up and down just wildly inconsistent um and thursday night against the titans was a great example of that the you know the defense allows three consecutive touchdown drives 
um, at one point in the game, but then suddenly rises up in the fourth quarter and gets three consecutive stops and actually gives the offense multiple chances. You know, one of the stops was an interception, another one was a sack on third down. Gives the offense multiple chances to try to come back from a 10-point deficit, which with Aaron Rodgers on the field is certainly not insurmountable. But then the offense can't take advantage. So just a, a lack of complimentary football all around when something good happens on one side of the ball the other side of the ball can't take advantage of it. And and that's really been the story of the season, or at least the story of the last two months uh, since the game in London in early October. And so now, you know, you're coming into Philadelphia on Sunday night and long weekend off to think about things, tough loss to the Titans, knowing that you've got a very thin margin of error. So I would imagine is your sense that, hey, this is going to be kind of a an urgent, desperate football team coming in here Sunday night? I, you know, you you would think so in the sense that they know. I mean, you know, if you want to get to ten wins this year, you can't lose anymore. And even if uh, just to try to finish above five hundred and and see what happens with the last couple of playoff spots, you know, you can only afford to lose one more the rest of the way, sitting at seven losses right now. Um, it, uh, but honestly, it felt a couple of weeks ago like the Packers went into Detroit. Um, sort of feeling like a desperate team, like that was a game that they desperately had to have, and that didn't go well either. Just uh, you know, move the ball up and down the field, but mistakes in the red zone and and uh, and some crucial penalties on defense that really hurt them. So, you know, sometimes whether whether this team has been has been playing loose and and looking confident at times, or when they seem to kind of get tight and get into desperate mode, they they still haven't gotten the the results that they've needed. So how they'll come out in Philly, you know, I don't. Don't know. I think they'll actually be a little bit more relaxed with uh, with the extra time off coming off the the Thursday night game, and and at some point they're going to say, hey, there isn't any there isn't any more pressure on us because nobody expects us to do anything, and and uh, you know with the way the Eagles are playing, um, certainly nobody's going to expect the Packers in prime time to to go into the link and pull off an upset there, and and you know sometimes that can uh, you know that can help a team pull out of something, but we'll, we'll see if that means anything to Green Bay. I know a lot of the focus has been on wide receiver and the decision to deal Devonte and and to draft Christian Rogers and or what's his name Chris I'm sorry to draft Kristen Watson. Um, he's been a machine of late, uh, very promising development. What are we looking at here on Sunday night um, in terms of this big, strong, really fast kid who seems to have figured out the NFL pretty quickly? Yeah, well, and and. You know, he has definitely been the the biggest bright spot, bar none, over the last couple of weeks. Five touchdowns, um, three against the Cowboys, two against the Titans. Um, and, uh, you know, this is what the Packers were hoping to have all year from, you know, a young guy that they, they traded up uh, in the second round, traded two late second round picks to move up to the top of the second round to, to draft him. And, but, um, you know, prior to training camp, he had to have, uh, you know, a minor knee procedure. Then, uh, you know, he had a hamstring injury that uh, forced him to be in and out of the lineup for a few weeks. Then he got a concussion in a game. 
missed some time after that. So um, he just, he hasn't played as much as uh, as they would have liked, and certainly as much as he would have wanted to. But now he's been on the field consistently the last two weeks, and and you're seeing the results. Uh, defenses have to respect that speed. He can run away from people. Um, he uh, he makes defenses have to play this Packers offense differently when he's on the field, and and he's taken advantage of uh, of some opportunities that that Rodgers has given him. Five touchdowns, uh, five touchdown catches for a rookie um, hasn't happened around here since the 1950s with Max McGee. So um, he's he's making some history here in the early portion of his career, and uh, and the Packers are certainly going to count on him heavily down the stretch. Every time the Eagles, it seems like they've played Aaron Rodgers, he's been just lights out, great ball, gets out fast, accurate, just too fast for the defense. Is this the same Aaron Rodgers? I mean, we're, I guess I'm kind of anticipating maybe that this might be the last time Aaron comes to Philly. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. That that's uh, that's very much uh, you know the the beautiful mystery, as Rogers has said a few times over the last few years, in terms of where things go from here. But uh, um, you know, earlier I mentioned I mentioned the thumb injury, and Aaron Rodgers, Matt Lafleur, they don't they don't want to make excuses. But uh, um, but when you look at just the way the last two weeks have gone, Rodgers was was very pinpoint accurate, made a lot of really really good throws against the Cowboys, bringing the Packers back from two touchdowns down in the fourth quarter. You win in overtime. He really looked like the Aaron Rodgers of old. And then against Tennessee on Thursday night, a lot of passes were off target. He even said, you know, I threw some wobblers out there. Um, the uh, the thumb injury hasn't hasn't incapacitated him by any means because we've seen him play really really well, but it has definitely affected the consistency, the accuracy, just his overall feel for all the throws that he needs to make on a weekly basis. And and with that consistency not there, and as I mentioned before, you know the questions through the first half of the season with the offensive line and receivers being in on the lineup with injuries, it's just been uh, it's just been an overall you know lack of continuity on offense in terms of being able to uh, being able to establish something and really get on any kind of a role offensively and and uh, so it hasn't it hasn't been just one thing and and uh, and unfortunately I think uh, you know Roger Roger's thumb has been a big part of that the last 6 weeks and then finally what's the overview of the defense the Eagles are going to be looking at here in prime time well, it's as I said before, it's a it's a defense that it's a def, it's a defense that has looked really good at times, and then it's looked really terrible at other times. Um, you know, they they loaded up to uh, to try to limit Derrick Henry uh, for Tennessee as much as they could, held him to three point one yards per carry. But you know, Ryan Tannehill threw for over three hundred yards and a and a one twenty seven passer rating, and and you know, it wasn't just the statistics; it was you know, tight ends and wide receivers running free in the secondary wide open, you know, for, for big plays that just, that just gashed the Packers defense. And, um, those sorts of, uh, those sorts of rough stretches, um, you know, they don't play an entire game like that, but they have, they have, uh, that one rough stretch of possessions every game that the other offense seems to get rolling and, and the Packers defense isn't able to, uh, turn the momentum, stem the tide soon enough before, you know, suddenly you look up and, you know, there are 20 plus points on the board and the offense is playing from behind and, and trying to come back. So that's kind of been, uh, the story of the season. The, the defense was expected to, 
to really kind of carry this team as the offense made a big transition without Devontae Adams, a whole, you know, transition happening in the receiving core with, you know, rookie draft picks and everything else. But the defense hasn't hasn't held up its end. It's, uh, you know, it's played good in some stretches, but certainly not enough and, and not long enough in a lot of games for, uh, you know, for the Packers to pull out the wins that, that they need. And so that's why they find themselves at, at four and seven with, uh, you know, with their backs against the wall with uh, six games to go. Hugh Douglas was acquired by the Eagles in 1998. I remember it so well. Up in the office at in Veterans Stadium, in the office of Bobby DePaul, who was one of our personnel guys at the time, and the Eagles had pulled off this trade for an undersized defensive end from Central State. He was a first-round draft pick of the New York Jets, played some time there. For whatever reason, the Jets wanted to get rid of him, so the Eagles were like, yeah. We'll give you a few draft picks for Hugh Douglas. And in six years, Hugh Douglas became one of the dominating players in Eagles history. On Sunday night, he and Trent Cole will go into the team's Hall of Fame, the class of 22 inductees. And so Hugh Douglas and I sat down earlier in the week and talked about his return to Philadelphia, big number 53, coming back for a celebration. We've got some primetime football on Sunday night, the Eagles and the Green Bay Packers. And with that, we've got a primetime event. Hugh Douglas and Trent Cole will be inducted into the Eagles Hall of Fame, the class of 2022. And I'm with the Microsoft Teams Legend of the Week, former Eagles defensive end Hugh Douglas. Congratulations, Hugh. Um, I know it's been a long time since you played here, 2004. Um, the wait, I'm sure, has been worth it. And I know you're excited about Sunday night. Oh, no question about it, man. But you know what? I, like, when people ask me that, they say, well, why it takes so long? Dude, do you know how many great players play for the Philadelphia Eagles? And and it's an honor to be considered one of them. And and it's it's one of those things, man. I can't wait to get back to Philadelphia, man. I know it's going to be cold. I ain't used to being in the cold anymore. But, you know, I found my boots. I had to pull out my old boots. So I can't wait to get back up to Philly, man. Cannot wait to get there. We can't wait to see you. Hugh, um, I remember so well the Eagles making a trade. We were back at the vet, traded with the New York Jets. They bring in this guy, this undersized defensive end <laughs> from Central State, first-round draft pick of the New York Jets. And it, even though the first game you played for the Eagles was a 38-0 loss to Seattle, I'm sure you remember it well, it really seemed to just fit right for you. And I wonder why. What, what made it work so well? Man, listen. The, the thing I remember about being in Philadelphia, coming to Philadelphia, number one, Dave, I, and, and, I, and I hate that I felt this way initially. I didn't want to come to Philly until I got to Philly. And I remember going through the airport and people just saying, hey, man, whatever you do, beat Dallas. And that kind of blew my mind because I'm like, wait a minute. They know who I am. Like I, My mind was blown because people knew who I was and I hadn't played a down. And they just kept telling me, listen, man, whatever you do this year, beat Dallas. And I'll never forget that. And the fact that everybody in the city of Philadelphia, from the time I got off the plane to the time I got my luggage, was telling me, whatever you do, beat the Dallas Cowboys. They just love football there, man. And I remember that first time being in the vet, how loud it was. And I do remember that blowout against the Seattle Seahawks. But those fans were loud. They were screaming and yelling, man. And, 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 and I just wanted to put on a show. Hugh, 1999 comes, Donovan McNabb's the quarterback, Andy Reid's the head coach, and it was the start of building something really special, building a Super Bowl team. What do you remember about kind of the pieces that had to fall into place for that to happen and just how much fun it was to get better and better and better? <laughs> no, man, listen, I remember 
Andy Reid, first of all, we didn't think Coach Reid knew what he was doing. <laughs> like that first training camp, we did not think that Coach Reid knew what he was doing. And he reassured us that, yes, he does know what he's doing and that we were getting better. And just Donovan McNabb, man, listen, I can't say enough about Donovan. The one thing that I remember about Donovan as a young quarterback, remember we used to have uh, the uh, we used to have like the little jocks and wings set up in, in, in the vet. Remember? Yes. And 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 I remember Donovan coming in and he had on his jock strap and he just went to the dinner table and started eating. And I was like, dude, he, this is his rookie year. And I was like, something is wrong with this guy, but he fit he fit in to what we were trying to build, the way that he played the game, the way that he approached the game, and just the way that he interacted with the players, man. I mean, he was a, a phenomenal quarterback. And, and, and you know, we owe everything that we were able to do to Donovan McNabb because he was the catalyst. Well, also, you know, along with Andy, great coaching staff around him, including Jim Johnson. I know that Jim was a very special man in your life. Oh, no question about it. Jim, the thing that I remember about Jim, Jim knew his players. And I remember one time we were trying to uh, implement, we were trying to put this defense in, we were trying to install this defense. And I kept messing it up. I kept running underneath the tackle. And, and Jim got to the point, he said, well, you know, we're going to we're gonna call this new defense the wing stunt. And I remember, I remember who was it? Brandon White, he said, yeah, he said, because Hugh keeps messing up the defense. <laughs> so he put the defense in. He changed the defense exclusively for me because I had an ability to get underneath the play and then come out and make the play. So, yeah, Jim, Jim was great because – he let every individual guy that he had on his team, he played as a cohesive unit, but he let us play to our strengths more than any other defensive coordinator that I've ever been with. Hugh, what was your kind of your game mentality? I mean, you always had so much fun. You loved the media. You loved the fans. It just it connected so well. I just remember you just had, you were just a joy of personnel. You had a ton of energy and enthusiasm. What did football mean to you? What did being in Philly mean to you? What did being an Eagle mean to you? Man, listen, like playing in Philadelphia, playing at, in a city where you have so many great players that play, so many great defensive players, such a defensive mentality type town, and being called a smaller guy, I had a chip on my shoulder. And the one thing that I took great joy in is going out there and whooping a man's ass that was bigger than me. <laughs> that, was, that was my mantra. That was my, that was my thing. We, I used to be in the locker room and say, I'm 6'5", 280 pounds. It was more like 6'3", 280. <laughs> I used to say that all the time because that's how I felt on Sunday. When it came around to Sunday, it was time to go. And, and I never wanted to let my teammates down. Man, you talk about Brian Dawkins. You talk about Bobby Taylor, Troy Vincent, Al Harris, those guys. And knowing that like, they were here before me and just knowing what it meant to be in this city, that's what I wanted to be for those guys. I wanted to be that, that catalyst that got it going. Jeffrey Lurie called you in the summer, told you about your induction into the Hall of Fame, and I, it's been a few months here, uh, been a bit of a wait. What, what's it been like for you? How much joy have you felt? How many memories have flooded back to you? You know, it's funny, Dave. I, I, I remember, because when I went into the Black College Hall of Fame, and I remember when I did that, you had tweeted out, yeah, they told you, and I wasn't supposed to tell anybody until, like, I prematurely told everybody I was going in, and the first thing that I thought of was, I was like, well, I can't blow this. I can't tell anybody, because it was supposed to <laughs> So I have to keep it under wraps. That was the thing that I remember. I remember I remember you saying that I, I blew it and told everybody that I was going into the HBCU Hall of Fame. <laughs> so I was like, I can't, I got to keep this secret because I don't want to be known as the guy that can't keep secrets. But to be like now, I think as, as we get closer to it, now the feelings and, and 
the memories are starting to flood in. And, you know, it's going to be different when I get there in Philadelphia, man. And knowing how big this game is, uh, knowing what Howie Roseman has done in the last couple of weeks. Who you got? Dominican Sue. And what's his name? Linville. What's, what's Joseph, the big fella? Linville Joseph. Man, listen. Thinking about what it could potentially be in the next few months in Philadelphia and how big this game is. Man, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be electric. Just to be back in that stadium and hear people yelling Trenton Hugh and, and, and walking in and seeing all the popping patches, man, it's gonna it's gonna be different. It's gonna be bananas. I feel there might be some tears, Hugh. No, ain't nobody crying. Don't, hey, don't put that on. Don't put that on me, Dave Spadaro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you, know, you talked a little bit about it. But you know, this Eagles team has really started the season well. Um, you were part of a Super Bowl team. Do you feel it when you're part of it that you're just a better football team than everybody else? I think you do, man. And I think you look at like you know, me and my son rode up to Philadelphia for the last parade. We were there, you know, and and to see the city. The way that you see it after a win, man, it's nothing like it. And to see the city be as electric as it is now and to see some of the moves. Shout out to Harry Rosen, man, and to Jeffrey Lewis for that matter. Because this is something like when you, you, like you push all your chips into the middle of the table. You're trying to win a Super Bowl, and it's no secret. There is no secret what the Philadelphia Eagles are trying to do. And to know that the city knows that, Man, that's that's the greatest feeling in the world, and to be a to be a player in that locker room, knowing that the the owner and the GM are trying to get you pieces to help you win Super Bowls. Man, I mean that 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 hell wish hell, Dave. I wish I could still play. Yeah, because I would love to be a part of that. I would love to be a part of that. Well, maybe you and Howie can have a few words on the side before the hey, hey, induction ceremony to have. <laughs> But I got I got a few in me. I got like one or two downs, but somebody got to get that oxygen on the side. I'm going to need that. Hey, to no one surprise you, you're a member of the media. You're doing really well down there in Atlanta on Sports Talk Radio. Um, have, I'm sure you're having a lot of fun, but I would. I, what are the fans like? You know, What's the culture there compared to Philly, Atlanta sports? It's different. Yeah. It's different. It, it's, Atlanta is more of a, not saying that Philadelphia isn't social, but Atlanta's more social as opposed to Philadelphia, you know, because in Philly, you're in the seat, you're in your butts, are, seats are in the butts, butts are in the seats, however you want to say it, before the game starts. In, in Atlanta, you know, it's a party. It's, it's a little bit of a party. The tailgate is always jumping. So the fans take their time getting in their seats a little bit. That's probably the biggest difference, but they're both passionate fan bases. Uh, they both love their teams. But it's like in Philadelphia, man, it's, it's different, you know, because I'm pretty sure – Philadelphia was not a great place to be Tuesday morning last week. Yeah. It was not a great place to be. And, you know, I get a chance to hear some of the things that the fellas say. I heard Jalen Hurts say some stuff about, you know, hungry dogs run faster. Boy, when he said that, Dave, I knew exactly what he was talking about. He said, you got to get hungry. And, and, and then to go out and, and make the moves that you made a week before the next game, I mean, that, that's motivation. You know, it's just it's different in Philadelphia, man. It is. It's real different. Well, speaking of parties, we are looking forward to partying with you. Sunday night, Eagles, Packers, prime time, nationally televised, and the class of 22 goes into the Eagles Hall of Fame. Nobody more deserving than Hugh Douglas and Trent Cole, who really, I think, you know, kind of very similar kind of players, kind of guys, both, as I would call, beasts on the football field. Yeah, I raised Trent. You know, Trent was the guy that took my job. 
<laughs> when I was done. And 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 you know what, man? Listen, I knew, I knew when they got Trent. I knew the writing was on the wall for me. But I I I wasn't upset. I wasn't sad because I knew he was going to be a hell of a player. And and coming from Ohio, coming from Xenia, you know, and, and everything like that, it couldn't couldn't have been a better person, man. So excited to be able to go in with Trent. We follow each other on Instagram. Just saw Trent had another baby. So congratulations to Trent and his family. And, and just excited to be back up there in Philadelphia, man. Cannot wait to get there. All right, Hugh, we are going to party next weekend. And uh, in the meantime, happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, and what a great weekend it's going to be. Hugh Douglas, our Microsoft Teams Legend of the Week and a member of the 2022 Eagles Hall of Fame class. Can't wait to see you, Hugh. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. In this week's Extra Point, the Eagles preparing to go against a dynamic passer in Aaron Rodgers and a young star on the rise wide receiver in Christian Watson. Here's Eagles coordinator, defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon talking about Rodgers and the tough just looks and the challenge that the Eagles defense will face from the future absolutely first ballot Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers in what could be his final visit to South Philadelphia. You know, part of it is because I played in the division with him for four years, you know, so I played, I, I think I've played him, been on a part of teams that have played against Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, both with McCarthy and LaFleur, a, a good amount, uh, maybe the most ever, this quarterback. Um, but he's a special player. I mean, that's all there is to it. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He's one of the best that's ever done it. And, um, you know, he can beat you a lot of different ways, so we're going to have to be on it. But I have, a, obviously, a high respect for him because of watching him through the years and playing against him. He does things that other guys can't do. Rodgers is throwing to a rookie who came into Green Bay with a lot of pressure. The Packers allowed Devontae Adams to go to the Las Vegas Raiders, in fact, traded him to the Raiders. And then they drafted... Watson, and for several weeks, they just kept waiting for him to develop and evolve and produce and be a star, and oh boy, has he ever been in these last two games. Three touchdown catches in the win over the Dallas Cowboys, two touchdown catches in the Thursday night loss to the Tennessee Titans. Christian Watson is his name. Speed, size, power, explosiveness is his game as Gannon explains. Yeah, big and fast. You know, you talk to our guys. I, I like to talk especially about rookies because the guys that talk to about their rookie skill sets are our, are our offensive coaches. Hey, did you like this guy, Shane, coming out? Did you like this guy, Amo? You know, and they're all like, yeah, yeah, big and fast, you know, and it's got a big-time catch radius. So uh, we got a big-time challenge because he's got a guy that can deal it to him. And that will do it for this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Again, thank you all for joining each and every episode. I'll be back late on Sunday night with our Instant Reaction Podcast. It's always my favorite podcast because we're celebrating so many wins this year. And you get that feel of what it's like to be in the locker room because it's fresh. Peter Kelly doing a great job getting it out with his team very, very quickly and so perfectly and just sounds so great. So thanks, Peter, for all you and your crew do. Thanks for joining, everybody. Once again, thanks to Ray Doyle for putting it uh, together from a production standpoint and organizational standpoint and to the Eagles Media Relations team for providing great access to this 9-1 Philadelphia Eagles football team looking to get to 10-1 in prime time 
all black on Sunday night. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks for joining everyone. Really, really appreciate you. It's Hall of Fame weekend. It's primetime weekend. Let's get this party started. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly, and go birds. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!